Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 18 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wael, and I would like to thank all of you for listening and for your kind feedback. Thank you so much. This podcast is for everyone. This podcast is for you if you are interested remotely in Islam or if you're studying Islam or if you're a new convert, uh, you know, or a new revert or if you're already a Muslim and you want to increase your knowledge, inshallah, this will be the podcast for you. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for, uh, again, participating. And if you have any questions, email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com. And I promise I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. And with that being said, let's get right into today's topic. In today's episode, we are, we are actually going to um, address or answer a question by one of the listeners. And... Um, um, and we won't continue. So today's episode, we were supposed to continue talking about, uh, you know, angels in Islam and describing them, you know, and um, basically, you know, uh, um, uh, dis- discussing everything we need to know about them. Um, but we will continue talking about the angels in Islam. We will resume, I think it will be part three. Uh, starting next episode, we will resume talking about them and, you know, uh, getting deeper into you know uh, their world, but for today's uh, today's episode, it will be uh, um, answering um, again. Um, actually, what I think is a very very um, good question or questions, very interesting questions um, from um, Margarida from Portugal, and Margarida basically. Uh, She's Catholic and she's been listening uh, to the podcast and thank you so much for listening, Margarita, and I hope that uh, this podcast is adding to your knowledge and benefiting you in, you know, in any way, uh, shape or form. And um, let's read um, Margarita's question and uh, and try to answer it uh, in the best way possible. So... uh, Basically, she's saying, her first question is, she's saying, why is Mary the most important woman in Islam? Since it is considered, uh, she is considered the most holy woman on earth, I believe that would mean that she is more important than Fatima, which is the daughter of the Prophet, peace be upon him. So, for Catholics, which Again, Margarita is a, a Catholic. Um, uh, Mary is extremely important, but she is important because of Jesus' death. Uh, her yes to God's request for bearing a son saved the world. Had Jesus never died, she wouldn't been the most important person in, in heaven. So in Islam, since she is the mother of a prophet, why is she more important than the mothers of other prophets? And the only woman mentioned by name in the Quran. Uh, thank you so much. This is Margarita's first question. So thank you so much for um, for asking the question, which I find it very interesting and um, very important for um, uh, Muslims and Catholics and, and, and non-Muslims in general to understand the status of Mary in Islam. <clears throat> now, Here's the first thing off the bat is that Mary is not important because of Jesus Christ. 
So the importance of Mary or Maryam in Islam has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Yes, it adds to it, but it's not why she is special. But before I get into why Mary is special, I want to um, tell you, um, uh, mention uh, some of the um, some of the things that shows um, Muslims or non-Muslims how Mary is important and how special she is in Islam and in the sight of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So let's get started. Number one. Uh, Margarita's right. Maryam actually is the only woman mentioned in the Quran by name, at least two dozen times. So we have to understand this. In the Quran, there are other women, but they are being referenced indirectly. They're not mentioned or directly, but they're never mentioned by name. And one of those most, one of the most important women, also mentioned in the Quran, but not by name, is. Asia or Asia or the wife of Pharaoh, Pharaoh. The Pharaoh or Pharaoh, his wife was extremely pious and righteous. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions her in Surah Al-Tahreem with also Maryam. She's also mentioned in Surah Al-Tahreem and many other surahs in Ma'idah. Uh, uh, Maryam has or Mary has this chapter, a whole chapter, which is named after her, which is called the Maryam, uh, uh, Surah Maryam. Um, so now we got that out of the way. She's extremely special. Why? Not because of Jesus. As much as I would like to say, oh, she's special because she's the mother of Jesus. But again, the question says, so why other, um, why the mother of other prophets are not that special? Because that's not the reason why she's special in the first place. Actually, Mary is the mother of Jesus because she was special. So it's flipped now. Maryam is not special because she's the mother of Jesus. Maryam is the mother of Jesus. Allah chose her to be the mother of Prophet Isa or Jesus, peace be upon him, because she is special. Okay? Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not associate Maryam with Jesus in the Quran all the time. So we have to get that clear. Yes, she is mentioned in some verses along with Jesus, you know, but not all the time because she had her own special status aside from being the mother of Jesus. Okay. Actually, in the Quran, Allah does not call her the mother of Jesus either. So he basically calls her by her name, Mary or Maryam. Right? And then he says that she's the daughter of Imran or Imran. So, one of the reasons, this is very interesting, that Maryam is special. One of the reasons. We're not saying that that's the reason. We will get to the main reason in a, in a little bit. But one of the reasons is, is that she's the daughter of Imran, which is a very incredibly... Imran is basically a name of the family, the father of, you know... Maryam, Mary, and his wife, they were all extremely pious and righteous. They had a special connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, there's also a chapter called Ala Imran, the family of Imran or Imran. That's another chapter in the Quran. <laughs> 
has the name of Ala Imran. And Allah in, in, in one verse, and actually in specifically uh, in, in verse number 34 in the chapter Ara Imran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah astafa Adama wa Nuhan wa ala Ibrahim wa ala Imran ala al alameen. Actually, it's my bad, it's verse number 33, not 34. Uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that that verse translates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has picked, chosen the family of Adam, the family of Noah, the family of Abraham, and the family of Imran, Imran which is uh, Jesus uh, and, and, and Maryam and Jesus are descended of that family, right? They are from that family. Somebody would say, oh, what about Prophet Muhammad? Well, Prophet Muhammad, do not ever forget this. He is from the family of Abraham. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, peace be upon him, is a descendant of Abraham, peace be upon him. Great. So now Allah subhanahu wa taala mentions in the Quran very clearly four important families that that ever lived on this earth. The most uh, important families, four exactly. There are four: Adam, the family of Adam, the family of Noah, Noah. And the family of Abraham and the family of Amran. And Mary comes from the family of Amran. Great? Alright. Now, unlike other faiths, Mary's greatness comes from Jesus. But like we said here, Mary's greatness actually is the one that is the thing that made her chosen or to be chosen to be the Jesus uh, or the mother of Jesus. Her greatness was the reason why she was chosen. Now, so where does her greatness come from? Well, her greatness comes from number one to the Muslims, to Muslims or in Islam in general. Maryam is the perfect example of relying on God, on Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, in very difficult times. And the number one example of that is her pregnancy. Her pregnancy And we'll get to that story But just remember She's the number one She is a role model She is the perfect example Of relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala On God In difficult times Number two She's also the perfect example of modesty Unlike And, and, and look at in, in all, the, all the Basically the branches of Christianity When they portray Mary, she's always that woman with a headscarf, you know, uh, wide clothes, which is again, that's what Muslims are following the example of. Again, Muslims are not wearing a scarf because they want to be like Mary. Absolutely not. But there is a connection. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded Mary to dress up modestly and cover her hair. Same thing to the rest of the women of Islam. Or who are, who, are, who are basically believing that he's the ultimate or the only God. So now there is a connection that we all can see here. We are actually following Mary. The women of Islam are following Mary to the core. Because it's basically both Mary and the Muslim women are receiving the same commands from the same God. Right? So she is the perfect example of modesty. And Muslims are trying, Muslim women specifically, and men too, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Muslim men should, should also, you know, and there are rules for Muslim men, to, to, they need to cover up certain parts of the body. And again, this is another, this is um, um, a topic for another time. 
So now she is the perfect example of relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the perfect example of modesty and she's the perfect example of perfecting the way she worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody has worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same way. She was very unique. She was perfecting and will again, we have all that proof in the Quran. Now, we have three things that made Mary great. The greatest woman of her time. She is the greatest woman of her time. Because of her connection with Allah, with God. Not because she was the mother of Jesus. Because, by the way, all these things, and we'll get to the story in, in literally seconds. All these things happened way before Jesus was born. Since she was a little kid. Right? Now, let's talk about Mary. So who is Mary exactly? Well, Mary is the daughter, like we said, of Imran. And her mother was, we call her Hannah or Hannah in English. Which uh, I think she's more uh, famous of um, Saint, Anne, uh, Saint Anne. Right? And they were both, uh, Imran and his wife, Hannah or Hannah. They were both unable to have um, any children for many years so they couldn't have children you know for years and years and they were always praying to god to have children then hannah received the news that she was going to be pregnant now she she, she found out you know the symptoms and everything that she was pregnant of course back in the day there was no, uh, you know, uh, tests or, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, ultrasound scans or anything. So she didn't know if there was going to be a boy or a girl. And everybody was happy for them. Everybody was extremely happy for them. And all of a sudden, Emran passes away. The father, he dies. All of a sudden. Now Hannah is left alone with an unborn child. She didn't uh, deliver her child yet. So she was alone. And look at the circumstances, right? So she wanted to have a boy. That was, and this is mentioned in the Quran, explicitly in the Quran. And we'll get to the, the, the exact verses in a little bit. So she wanted to have a boy. Not because she thought, oh, a boy is, uh, you know, better or won't shame the family like some people think about Muslims. No, absolutely not. She wanted a boy because she wanted to dedicate her boy, her son, to the church or the temple back in the day, which was, we call it the masjid or the mosque in our time. Because again, it was only for worshipping Allah, no other than Allah in that place. In that. So, she wanted to gift her, her son, again, she wanted the son, so she wanted to gift her son to that temple so this son could preach, could worship Allah, could do anything and she says she, she actually mentions that she says that there, that's the reason why she would prefer a boy because basically a boy could handle certain things you know and, and one of the reasons one of the questions the, the more controversial questions that islam answers very vividly or very clearly why there were no uh, women prophetess basically why it's only male prophets well because of the physicality of the role because of that they were always going to be at war. And, you know, prophets who are male will need to gather with a lot of, you know, a lot of people, get close to them, 
lead them in prayers and all these things and women you know they get pregnant and it was like it was a very physical reason why it was biology basically right so there's nothing misogynistic about uh, oh god because i've heard a lot of criticism of why did god make prophets only men well because of the physicality not because they are better uh, as a like a better creation absolutely not and this story proves it so let's continue now so she knew that that the, being a preacher and it's going to be an exhausting and a require a physical more of a physical uh, uh, capabilities that maybe a girl wouldn't have, right? But then, to her surprise, she had a girl. It's basically she already made a promise to Allah, to God, that she wanted to gift her child, which she thought back in back then that it was going to be a son, or she didn't think she was hoping she was, you know. Now, she made a promise to Allah that she would gift that son to the temple. Right? Now, she still wanted to keep that promise. Even though she had a girl, and she thought that, you know, a woman being a preacher and living in, 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 in a temple all of her life is not, not practical, but she said, I'm going to keep, I'm going to fulfill my promise to Allah no matter what. And... Right after Mary or Maryam was born, Hannah made a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a, ver- supplic- a supplication basically. She prayed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it was one very one important prayer, subhanAllah. And th- there's a story behind that request. So Hannah or H- Hannah says, in, in, and, and this is mentioned again in the chapter of Al Amran, uh, verse number I think 36. She says, Look at this. She asked for Allah's protection. She asked that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would protect Mary and her progeny. Mary and her progeny from the poking of shaitan, which is the devil. So again, she made a dua for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She prayed to Allah to protect Mary and her offspring from the devil. Basically from the poking of the devil. So w- w- what is that? What do, you, what, what do you mean? What's the po- poking of the devil? Well, our Prophet ﷺ, there's a very authentic hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said. Every time a child is born, the reason why they cry so hard is that because shaitan, the devil, pokes them. Basically pokes them out of hatred and basically trying to create that connection which he could whisper to them during their lifetime. Do you understand? So every human being on earth, and nobody's exempt from this except for Mary and, uh, and Jesus, her offspring, because of the dua, because of the supplication of Hannah, her mother. But every other human being is born, even including our Prophet ﷺ, by the way. But then later on, there was an incident that happened that that connection was disconnected. And again, this is uh, for another for another day. Every other human being is born when they're born and they cry. The baby when they cry, it's basically the shaitan or the devil pokes them out of hatred and also creating a connection, like a black clot in their heart, which he later on could whisper. It's like this bridge that he could get to you. And no no human was exempt from it except for um, 
Mary and Jesus because of the dua of Hannah when she said, when she said, Oh Allah, protect her and her offspring from the poking or from the shaitan. And that's also another thing that makes both of them special. And uh, first, before Jesus, Mary was special because she was also exempt from the poking of the shaitan. Now, since Mary was a girl, right? I mean, since Mary was a little girl, uh, she uh, she right away, right away, since she was a little girl, she went straight up to the temple and she started dedicating all of her time worshiping Allah. So basically, Hannah still fulfilled her promise, and she gave she sent Miriam to Zechariah or Zachary, which we call him Zechariah. Basically, Zechariah was another prophet, and he was a preacher for one of the temples, and worked as a he worked as a carpenter, and he also wasn't able to have children of his own. So Zachary, Saint Zachary, or Saint Zechariah, right? Uh, basically, he was uh, a preacher in one of the temples. So now, he basically, uh, Zachariah was decided to raise her, teach her how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because at, the, at that time, they were all worshiping Allah the proper way, right? So basically, Zachariah, and we said, Zachariah, had his own problems, personal problems that he couldn't bear uh, children of his own. He couldn't have children of his own. So Zachariah built a worship room, like a small mihrab. We call it, like it's mentioned in the Quran, it's called mihrab. Mihrab basically is a, is a room within the temple for Mary to live in. So Mary basically, this was her room. She would worship Allah all the time. You know, she dedicate she would dedicate her, her time to worshiping Allah within that room, and she did. And as she grew up, Zachariah used to like go and you know go visit her to see if she needs anything, and and you know if she's uh, if if she has any requests or anything like that, he would go you know check upon her. But then the weird though something strange started to happen. Every time Zachariah would go to her um, her uh, room or mahrab, uh, he would find um, strange like he would find fruit. And food that's actually out of season, which is very interesting. So again, Zechariah would go, hey Mary, do you need anything? But then he would notice in the room, there is food and fruit that were basically out of season, like vegetables and stuff like that, that are like supposed, and there were no fridge back then, so or, or a freezer. So basically, he would find, uh, like for example, in our time, like a watermelon in the winter which is a watermelon, supposedly um, a summer kind of fruit, right? So he'd find certain things that are out of season. And he would be really kind of shocked, like, what is this? You know, and he straight up asked her, where did you get this from? Who, give this to, who gave this to you? Then she replied, it is from Allah. Look at, look at the wisdom of Mary. Look at the wisdom of Mary. She said, it's straight up from Allah. This is coming from Allah. He provides whomever he wants without any um, limitations, basically. Without any limitations.
right? So Zechariah basically, he, he says, and again, this is all mentioned, this is all still, we're still in the one, one this one chapter, Ala Amran, the, uh, the family of Imran. And this is, I think, uh, verse number 37. And, and Zechariah tells basically Maryam, when he sees all the fruit, he says, Qala ya Maryam, anna laki hada. Where did you get this from? Then she said, Qalat huwa min indillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would um, would uh, provide provision gives whomever he wants with no limits with no limitations now there is something that's very profound about her statement Allah gives whomever he wants with no limitation. Number one, and that's not the most important thing, but let's call it number one. This is a message to all of humanity. Allah is the one who provides. In Allah is the one who provides. And Allah is the only one who provides with no limitations. Because let's face it, in this life, in this life, you would, if somebody's very extremely generous, they cannot keep giving you whatever they give you, provision, forever without being exhausted. You know, if somebody spends every day $1,000 just to give it to the poor, one day he's going to be like, ah, I might need that money for my children, or I might need that money, or something. I might run out of money, or it will be too exhausting, or he's going to get lazy about it, or, you know, he or she. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his provision, his rizq comes with no limitations if he wants. Because he could limit you, limit your, his provision towards certain person, towards certain person, Based on something, based on a test that Allah is testing you, so He would limit you from His provision, you know, and so on. But if He wants, that's why she said, to whomever He wants, with no limitations. The provision that Allah has, has no limits. Now, this is a very positive message to every human being who's listening. Because you have to understand that it comes from, it all comes from Allah. Nothing comes from, you know, your friends or your boss at work or nothing. I swear, wallahi, nothing comes from them. They are means. Don't get me wrong. They are the means. Allah gives you stuff through your company, your store that you work at, your, your, your inheritance, your whatever. But they are nothing but means. The source is always Allah. And this is what Mary is preaching to Zachariah, to Zachary. She's telling him basically, no, why are, you, why are you asking? This is from Allah. And then she's explaining. He gives to whomever he wants without no, with no limitations. That's it. It's very simple. Right? And that shows you her belief, her iman, you know, her righteousness and piety, her trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in anything he gives. Also, and this is the second thing, and this is more important because of the context of her, um, of this conversation. The second thing that's very profound, extremely profound about that statement is because Zachary or Zachariah, he also has problems. Remember, we mentioned at the beginning, he couldn't have children of his own with his wife. 
But then she's basically telling him, hey, make dua to Allah, make supplication, pray to Allah, because Allah could give you without limits. Allah could give, just pray, just make dua, just be sincere. This is all within these few words that she said. Why would she say it the way she said it? And Allah actually mentions that's why she said it. We'll, we'll get to that verse, the following verse right after. But she's telling him, hey, Zachary, remember, Allah gives whomever he wants with no limitations. So basically you read the hidden message here. And Zachariah completely understood. He totally understood. Because he needs Allah's provision when it comes to children. He needs that gift from Allah. And she reminded him, hey, that doesn't mean he didn't know. She just He just needed a reminder. And Allah reminded him through Mary, hey, it's Allah who gives, not anybody else. No medical conditions, nothing could stop Allah from giving you whatever he wants. Or whatever you want if you make the dua or to make the supplication. So what does Zakaria do? Right after this conversation, Zechariah starts praying and praying to Allah. Ask him. He totally understand, understood the message. He starts praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, please, I want a, ch a child. Give me a child. Look, look, look how Allah describes this. This is the following verse. This is verse number 38. Right after she told him Allah uh, provides to whomever he wants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, هُنَالِكَ دَعَى زَكَرِيَّ رَبَّهِ Right then, Zakariya started praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قَالَ رَبِّ هِبْلِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ ذُرِّيَّةً طَيِّبَةً Oh Allah, please gift me a child. إِنَّكَ سَمِيعُ الدُّعَاءِ You're the one who hears our prayers. And then the verses go on. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually right after he made the dua, the angels came down to Zakaria and they gave him the glad tidings, the good news. You're going to have a, ch a son, a child called Yahya or Yahya. And he's going to be also a prophet. Do you see the incredible scene here? Mary stand Zakaria. Trust in Allah, make dua, he's going to give you. Allah is the ultimate generous. So Zakaria listens to Mary, that young child. He listens to her. He makes that dua to Allah. He makes that, uh, he prays to Allah. Oh Allah, please gift me a child. Allah sends the angels. Hey, give him the glad tiding, he's going to have a child. Called Yahya, and he also is going to be a prophet. Subhanallah. And Zakaria was, was by the way, very old. So like having a child at his age was like a, basically a fantasy, you know, was not something. But again, this teaches you do not ever lose hope in God. Never, ever lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now let's continue with the story of Mary. Now Mary used to leave the temple once in a while and she used to go east, like to the east of the town, basically. And while she's going, she would also still worship Allah. She would make dhikr. Dhikr is meaning she's always going to make, she always makes remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, and she's trying to like, you know, spread her dhikr basically. And then she always t tries to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, one time, a very beautiful looking man, a very handsome man, shows up and approaches her. Then Mary realized, oh, 
I'm alone. She realized that she was all alone at that specific location, you know, when that man showed up. And then basically she started asking herself, what would I do? What would I do? You know, I'm alone and this guy's trying to approach me. Now look at what, how Mary, subhanAllah, look how she reacts. You know, in certain times, oh my God, this guy is so hot and what, whatnot. But Mary is very righteous. She's very righteous. So what she does is, what she does is, she she sharpens herself. You know, she like while she's walking, she walks straight and she looks at the guy and she says, "I seek Allah's protection from you, if you have any righteousness within your heart." So basically, she's telling him, "If you fear Allah, Allah will protect me from you." Meaning what? You're gonna walk away. Don't approach me any further. If you fear Allah, if you have an ounce of fear of Allah, you will walk away. That's what she, basically what she means. And then as soon as she said that, of course, the man transforms into an angel. He takes on the, his angelic form and this person and this man is, or this angel is none other than Angel Jibreel or Gabriel or what you what, what Christians call the well actually Muslims too we call him the Holy Spirit we don't call him the Holy Ghost we call him the Holy Spirit and he's mentioned in the Quran Ruh al-Qudus in the Quran he's also mentioned as the Holy Spirit and 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 uh, just a brief thing Jibreel is actually uh, the angel of revelations basically he sends certain messages to certain uh, uh, chosen people and, and, and majority are uh, based, they're all all the prophets and people who are righteous and pious as well it's something that's it's basically any any news from Allah uh, uh, um, Jibril is the one responsible for that kind of revelation and uh, and and we all know and this is very and we'll get to that actually in when we when we go further into the topic of angels and start describing them physically uh, angel Jibril Gabriel has 600 wings. He's massive in size. He blocks the horizon. He blocks the horizon. And that actually tells you why. Because a lot of people might ask, why would he take a form of a man to try to approach Mary in the first place? If he's going to transform to being an angel anyway, that doesn't make sense that he would take the form of a man. Actually, it makes perfect sense. Because the same thing happened to our Prophet, peace be upon him. When Jibreel first showed up to the Prophet to, to give him the glad, the news that he was going to be a Prophet, he showed up as a man, as a normal human being. Then, the second time he showed up, he showed up as in his true form, the angelic form, which was massive in size, 600 rings, and, and it's just incredibly, you can't even imagine that. And the reason why he shows up as a man in the first place is because he doesn't want to shock you to death or to freak you out. That you would reject whatever this, you would think you're crazy. He would ease it up to you. Like, you know, it will it will be gradual that you would understand like, what is this guy looking like, looking at me for? Or why is he approaching? When in, in, in the Prophet Sallallahu case, he actually grabbed the hand of the Prophet Sallallahu and he, you know, pressed on it so hard and he started, he started telling him, oh, read by the name of Allah, read, read, read. And we all know the story about this. So that's why he is basically preparing them to see him in his true form. Then Jibreel, when she says this and he transforms into you know, his angelic form, he says to Mary, hey, do not worry. I am nothing but a messenger from God. I'm a messenger from Allah. Don't worry. I'm not here to harm you. I'm not here to do anything bad to you. I'm only a messenger from Allah. And of course, she believed him right away because she saw his true form, right? 
Now, <clears throat> uh, and and so basically this happens, right? And then she wonders. Okay, obviously you're saying the truth, but what are you doing here, right? Then he basically informs her about Jesus, about her future son that she will give birth to, that she will give birth to a prophet of Allah. And not just that he told her that, oh, actually not just that, he just told her straight up, you are already pregnant, you'll be pregnant. Then she got so confused and so terrified at the same time. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not married. I've never, no man touched me ever. And you're telling me I'm pregnant? That doesn't make any sense. Right? And that was basically Mary's miracle. Because what? Nothing was impossible. You know, nothing is impossible for Allah. Again, Allah could do anything. Anything he wants, right? Think about it. Allah has created Adam, peace be upon him, with no mother nor a father. Allah's created Adam from basically no parents. Adam didn't even go to the stages of a newborn child, like being a, a little baby in the womb and going. He didn't go through all those stages. He was just, uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created Adam with his bare hands, he became an adult right away. He became a full-grown human being. Six-foot, actually, or six-arm-length human being. Adam had no father. Adam had no mother. Eve, she was created from one of Adam's ribs. No mother. Some people could consider her, in, in metaphorically or even physically, she's the daughter of Adam, but not in that form, not in a creepy way, of course. But like, she's born from Adam. She came from him. She had no mother. There was no, her, also, the way she was created, or she was, you know, m made, it's not the regular or the normal, traditional way that every other human being is, you know, born through. So why would creating Jesus with no father any different or like be impossible or be weird? It's not. If you compare it to the creation of Adam, it's absolutely not, right? Now, Mary believed this right away. She didn't argue like how, but she was worried because she knows it's from Allah. Allah could do anything, khalas, that's it, done. But now she was worried because of her community. What would they say about her? You know, she is a child. I think she was 16 at the time. She was a little kid and she has no husband. What would the people of her town or village would say about her? That was her concern, right? And of course, Jesus, uh, I mean, of course, Jibril at the time, he blew into her by a permission of Allah and she became pregnant and Guys, people, that's not weird at all. People with, with, because people think, oh my God, does that mean she's the, that that Jesus is what the the son of, uh, uh, of the of Jibril, or is he the son of God? Because he, no, every, by the way, every other human being is born. This is one of the 
like stages that an angel comes and blows the soul into the mother's womb so that baby will will you know like will will start forming to be a human being in islam and we talked about this actually in in many previous in, in, in previous episodes that's how actually it was in 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 uh, in one of the past two episodes talking about the angels we said that every human being is assigned an angel when they're babies when they're still forming that clot that piece of flesh is still forming in the womb after 120 days an angel comes blows the soul that doesn't mean anything right it's just it's a process that's all law this is the ritual of the creation of mankind so the same thing happened to jesus but it happened in one you know one shot there was no process there was no any male interaction or, or interference with with mary none so ever. it was just happened like that now she also was terrified because she had to deliver the child on her own there was nobody to help her doing so right so she was really terrified of that and she decided to hide from society when the time came when the time came for her to deliver the child so she's about to deliver so she chose to hide away from society until she's mentally ready right of course she started to feel the pains of labor and all these things and she wished look at this she wished that she was never born she wished that she never existed or she wished that she died right before this moment again because of the pain mixed with fear of the society and right then jibril comes back to her and he says what hey do not grieve allah has placed a river beneath you and he said she was next to a palm tree and he said just shake this palm tree and fresh dates will fall right in front of you which actually was impossible because think about it how would you shake a palm tree and all the fresh dates will fall right in front of you? But this was Allah's teaching her and us as well to put in the work and rely on him for the results. This is also a very profound verse in the Quran. This is also a very profound situation that we should learn from. That you should put in a little work. She All she had to do is shake the tree. She didn't, you know, climb the tree and break. No, she shook the tree. And Allah did the rest. He dropped, and which the rest was technically impossible, but it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he dropped all the fresh dates right in front of her. Do the work and rely on Allah and God for the result. Rely on God for the result. Do not rely on yourself for the result. No, do what you do. What, what, what's the word? Um, do your best and leave the rest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then also Jibreel told her that Allah is telling her, do not defend yourself. Look at this. She's so scared and terrified to go face the people of her village, her own people. And Jibreel tells her what? Guess, you know what? Don't even defend yourself. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who would defend you or he would do that on your behalf. That's why we mentioned at the beginning, the ultimate reliance on Allah comes from Mary. Because guess what? She did it. She Put all her trust in Allah and she started, she, she decided to go and confront her people. She went back to her people, relying 100%, 100% trusting in Allah, not knowing how would Allah do it, by the way. Not knowing how would Allah defend her. I mean, you know, based on logic, 
How would that happen? She doesn't know. But she trusts in Allah. She trusted that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like he created that miracle within her, you know, that she gave birth, the, the one she gave birth to, that miracle of a prophet, he will also take care of her as well. Subhanahu. Then she went, as soon as she got there, people started noticing that she's, ha she's having a child. They noticed that it was her child. So people started mocking her. Hey! Daughter of Amran, what's going on here? And the reason why they would mock her that way Because Amran was known, again, as a righteous and righteous man So he's saying, hey, what's up? What's going on? You see, that, and that's the way that, you know and Basically, they started treating her in a very bad way Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intervened And made Jesus speak, speak as a newborn Can you believe this? He spoke in the cradle this is, I think, one of the things that um, in, in Christianity they are they don't know about, or uh, I don't know, some sects of Christianity, they don't not believe that Jesus spoke, but in Islam, he 100%, it's, it's in the Quran. It's in the Quran. You know, when he, when he uh, told, again, in the same in the same chapter, when he said, So he was started telling people, hey, hey, I am a prophet. Leave my mother alone. He started defending his own mother when he was a newborn. And this was, was, this was Allah's way to show her, Hey, I, I've taken care of this. I'll, I, will, I will do something for you so you do not have to defend yourself. So basically, he, again, he started saying, Oh, I'm, I'm a messenger from Allah. I came here to teach you. Uh, how to believe in Allah and how to worship Allah. And my mom is a very pure woman. And me and my mother are being blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So once people realized, oh my God, this is a miracle. A baby, a newborn is talking to us. So right away they believed that Mary had something special about her. You know, she was not a normal, uh, uh, a normal girl who, had, uh, who gave birth to like the normal way. Because the newborn spoke, right? Which subhanAllah, people right away. They knew what was going on. She didn't even have to hassle with that at all. You know, subhanAllah. And this is basically the story of Mary. This is up until Jesus is born. And that's why she's special. Her mother did not want a girl. She herself, when she was giving birth, she wished she never existed. Like we said, she wished that she died or she never existed before then. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God had other plans for her. God was preparing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was preparing her to become a legend and the greatest woman of her time. To be respected by all the believers. That's, that was Allah's plans for her. When she didn't want herself, her mom, again, granted her mom didn't want a girl for, for noble reasons, of course. But Allah had other plans. And that teaches us the importance of relying on Allah. Worshipping Allah in the best way possible that's we, we this is an example of how to do so this is an example of being a woman means nothing nothing as long means nothing in a negative way as long as you are worshiping allah it doesn't mean that you cannot preach it doesn't mean that you cannot be a leader absolutely not being a woman is nothing different from being a man except for every allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at anything but how we worship him, how we obey his commands, how we follow his commands. 
And that's why Mary was so special that Allah chose her to have uh, 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 the Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, because of all this, because of how righteous she was, how she trusted in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the worst situation possible. So that's, I hope that answers your question and I hope that enlightens other listeners to know the story of Mary from an Islamic perspective. And that's why to, to us, she's very pure. So I hope, again, I hope that answered your, your question and um, thank you so much for listening and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.